Hello. Hi. It's just Sue today. Um, Danielle is uh, transitioning from jobs and also homes. And I am also transitioning into a new job. So we've been trying very hard to find time to podcast and haven't been able to. So first and foremost, I want to apologize. I know that a couple of you have reached out um, and been like, what happened? I thought you guys were going to keep going with Roni. We are and we will. It's just um, been a little bit of, um, what's the nice way of putting it? Clusterfuck? <laughs> um I am transitioning to also working from home full time. And I know everyone's like, we all did that during COVID. Um, But it's really different now that it's not COVID. Like, I just feel so energized after work that I don't have to drive home that I can like go out. And I feel like for the first time ever living in Philly, I'm actually going out at night, which is very fun, but also very tiring. And um So it's just been hard to schedule the podcast, but it is front of mind. It is one of our favorite projects that Danielle and I do. So I wanted to hop on the mic. I'm going to talk about some current Bravo stuff, and then I'm going to hop into uh, some highlights of Season 5, Episode 16, Roni, um, just to keep us on track. Um, I'm going to try to book somebody if we can't, if Danielle and I can't talk next week. Um, but I just, I'm sorry. And let's get into it. So everyone knows that, or if you don't know, there is a reality reckoning occurring via Bethany's lawyers. So a lot of the issues right now coming to Bravo are from Roni, but the first one that kind of set it off were these legal cases, and I don't even know if they're actual, like, it's not like, I don't want to say it's not real litigation, but it's civil court. It's not pressing charges. No one's going to go to jail over any of the Bravo charges that are occurring. So the, I think it started with Caroline Manzo's against Bravo, which really should be against Brandy, because um, if you head over to the Bravo docket, they do a great job reading through it. I will give you a trigger warning, because the sexual assault that Brandy did upon Caroline is very upsetting. Um, and it, it definitely isn't the carefree kind of stuff that we've been hearing that it was of like, oh, she was into it. Oh, she was playing it, it sounds very traumatic. It sounds like Caroline kind of shut down because she was so traumatized by it. And what Caroline, um, her lawyers are purporting in this doc, in these legal documents to sum it up is basically that Bravo knew that Brandy was a delinquent. Oh, no, delinquents are a harsh word, but she was just, she's somebody who is problematic and they hired her. And there's a whole section of the lawsuit that, like, talks about, like, how Brandy, you know, was racist against Joyce in in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She slapped um, LVP. She accosted um, the houseboy in season one of Ultimate Girls Trip. Like, was it season one or season two? I think it was season two, guys. Um, I should say that I'm also enjoying my coffee while I talk to you. 
going to take a little sip. Sorry to sip on the microphone, but um, I woke up extra early so I could record this and try and get this out before work this morning. Um, so that is Caroline's main, like that was like the first lawsuit. Then Brandy comes out with this lawsuit against Andy and she's just like, oh, Andy and Kate Chastain called me while they were drunk and said they wanted me to watch them have sex. And I was so upset. Now, it's just hard to believe or follow this when we've seen Brandy, you know, she's, you know, ripping off a houseboy shirt. She's often talking cheekily, um, you know, like that was one of the reasons why her and LVP were friends. They would kind of like naughty talk to one another. Um, she would talk about banging Ken. She would do all of these kind of outlandish things. So if anyone has a friendship where they kind of haul their friends, you know, like, what up, like, slut or whatever, you know, like, you know, you're talking in jest. And to have two friends, you know, call you and say that. And then she reached out to them afterwards. She was seen with them afterwards. It it just doesn't hold a lot of water. And like, I do believe that she could have been upset in that moment. But to press charges against them to say that this was something that was so like damaging to her, I think really takes away from people who actually have you know, really upsetting, damaging things happen to them that are way more upsetting and way more, um, well, I mean, you know, you can't judge someone else's upsetment, but it just feels really disingenuous and like she's jumping on a bandwagon. So that takes us to the Roni of it all. So... <clears throat> I don't even know where to start with this hot mess express. There's so much news out of the Roni world. And you know we love our Roni girls, but like, whew. I think I'm going to start with the Bethany of it all. I am seriously worried for Bethany Frankel's mental health. And I'll tell you why. The way this woman is obsessed with Bravo and goes on her TikTok. Now, do I follow her on TikTok? No. Does TikTok constantly send me Bethany Frankel content? Every time. Every time I see this woman having a near breakdown about something that's going on with Bravo. And I just can't help but wonder in my best Carrie Bradshaw, what are you doing, Bethany? You understand marketing. You are giving more publicity to Bravo than taking it away. By saying all of the things that are horrible about Bravo, you are increasing the intrigue around these programs. You are increasing people wanting to do think pieces about the the channel and the programming. Like, this is probably increasing consumption for Bravo and not making the case that you think you're making. If you want to make this case, like, do it in court. But also, like, Bethany, what happened to be strong? What happened to saving people? What happened to, like, actually caring about humanity? Like, for a while, it just seemed like Bethany was really on this great track of realizing philanthropy and realizing the impact that she could have on society. And now she's taking it 
to the programming that created her and gave her the ability to do that. Now, yes, her business acumen, her connections, her success is not completely bravo, but like on the basis of this show, what this show does is give you a platform. So like people pay to be on television for advertising. You get paid a minimal fee your first few seasons of Housewives to amplify yourself. And Bethany knew that and took advantage of it. So the thing that's weird to me now is, what are you doing, Bethany, getting on TikTok and having these long rants about how Dorit's text from Kyle to, to Kyle being read on air is such an invasion of privacy. I mean, you shared a photo of Luann's fiance making out at the Regency. That photo wasn't taken with his permission. Like, you, you know, it's just it, the hypocrisy is lost on her. And when she does say it's not lost on her, it doesn't ring true because you're still ranting and raving about the way people are treated when we can look back at the photo footage and we're going to through our rewatch see that like Bethany's done a lot of harsh things on camera as well and like you can chalk it up to production but at the end of the day when does when is it mind control like i i just don't see how yes producers are very persuasive and yes you're doing this for the end goal of your brand amplification but if you're you know going on television and you're signing away the the rights to your likeness and your image and you're letting people follow you around and they're creating a story they're creating a story about what's going on and they're producing something Yes, they're going to ask you to do things, but you don't have to do them. <laughs> like, there's no like, well, okay, then you lose your job. And yes, that's a very harsh reality. But there has to be a breaking point of will where you do have free choice. Um, wow, that got really deep really fast. But anyway, I just feel as though Bethany is really behind a lot of these lawsuits and a lot of these, um, you know, bringing it to the surface, the problems, but a lot of these problems have been around and we've known about them and they've continued because it's also not just a Bravo thing. Like you want to see manipulation, go to TLC. You want to see some like messed up kind of production. Let's talk about intervention or hoarders. Like, we're having production crews watch people at their absolute breaking point and they're not stepping in. In fact, they're like, they're trying to help, but they're also bringing some drama into it. So yes, there is some issue with this reality documenting production. Like, yes, but we've all signed up for that day one, when we put people on an island for Survivor, when we put people in a house to see them stop getting real. (laughs) So I I think that her attack on the genre and bringing it back to her mental health, it really makes me wonder if she's just in a dark place and lashing out at who she was and like having issues really 
coming to terms with the fact that like her life will be forever preserved in this way and she's lashing out in this way because a lot of I've seen a lot of Bravo podcasters and 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 Twitter and image uh, not Twitter forget Twitter um Instagram accounts putting up some really funny memes about like stop trying to ruin my fun stop trying to yuck my yum Bethany and like, don't bring this down because you helped me fall in love with it. And I, I do believe that sentiment. So the next Rony, like, craziness is, and I shouldn't say crazy because this does also have to deal with mental health. Leah uh, McSweeney brought another case, and I believe this is another civil litigation. Again, like, this isn't the Bravo docket. This is Sue Funk by herself drinking coffee, talking Bravo because she doesn't have a water cooler anymore and she needs to get this out somehow. Um, oh God, my, my cold brew is great. Mighty Oak Brewing in Astoria. Mm, their, their coffee is the best. Um, not an ad, just a realistic um, re- reviving. So Leah's lawsuit is that... And this is where it's hard to follow. Basically, she's saying that she was unfairly not hired because of her alcoholism and bipolarness. And like, I could be misinterpreting this. So please, like, A, not a legal podcast. B, if I'm wrong, let me know. Like, hit me up in my DMs, Lee Su Funk on all social networks. I want to know what's really going on. But um, she is saying that Bravo wouldn't hire her for the Roni reboot because of her mental health issues and her alcoholism. And then she goes on to say that, you know, Bravo favors women who drink. They plot the producers ply you with alcohol. The situations that you see are edited and they're so much worse than what you see on television. And she goes further to say, and this is where all the headlines happen this week, that Andy Cohen does coke with housewives, and those are his favorite ones. And if you don't do coke with Andy, then you're not like in the cool club. Now, here's something that I will say. This is something we know. We knew. Kathy Griffin talked about that for years, about how Andy would offer her Coke before Watch What Happens Live. And she was like, I don't even drink. I thought it was really interesting that um, Bravo and Cocktails, one of my faves, was like, I don't believe that Andy did that. I do believe that Andy did that. And I rarely disagree with them because I love B. But like, I I do think, and like, we've been no secret here. I'm not a huge Andy Cohen fan. But like this week, I feel like I'm an Andy Cohen apologist because I'm like, listen, this guy has been doing this. And this is, again, something that is very common in the industry. I was texting with a friend about how um, one of the CEOs that I worked with in media said, if we did drug testing, there would be no one left to work in media because it's so high pressure. The the It's not just being on camera. It's being up behind the camera, doing the social media, doing the press, all of it is so high stress, because it's all 
running on fantasy. It's all either, you know, giant big budget thrillers or documenting the lives of women who can be rather unstable. And so for Leah to come in and be like, oh, Andy only likes the women that does coke with him. And it's an industry where you have to drink in order to be favored. I mean, you could argue that a lot of industries are are that way. Think about all the business that occurs after work cocktails, after um, think about all the, you know, bonds that happened in business over drinks. Now, society is starting to finally realize that like booze is not great for you. And it's a poison and you probably shouldn't. And I say that as somebody who loves drinks. I'm a huge wine enthusiast. I I love my whiskey. I joke a lot that like the beverages I drink are the three W's wine, water and whiskey and then coffee in the morning. Um, but I, I, I do think that for Leah to put out this claim that like, oh, I entered this show and, and I couldn't believe that they, like the only way to succeed was to drink. Um, and Luann actually came out immediately and was like, Andy's never forced me to drink. Andy's always been supportive of me not drinking or drinking. And then you think about also like Cynthia Bailey also came out and said that like, Cynthia's not a huge drinker. You look at Atlanta, like those women are not big big drinkers like yes we had the days of like kim with her solo cup nini with her roadies like i'm not saying that no one ever drank but candy infamously would like maybe have a sip like even caroline manzo not a big drinker like i think to say that you had to succeed on these shows to drink is fundamentally false when you look at these other women and for Leah to be like, I didn't realize, and to also blame her alcoholism on the show when she's been on camera. If you go to her own Instagram highlights, I don't know if they're still there, but she was on the Tamron Hall show talking about how she had decided to start drinking before casting started in Roni. So when you think about it that way, was part of the reason why she started because she wanted to do, go into casting. That's her choice. That's nothing to do with production. And if her producer said, oh, you might have to drink or like, oh, it might be a problem if you're drinking, that should have been her warning, not her step to do it. And you, you're I'm not in anybody's head. I can't have anybody decide what they want to do. But it just seems a little bit like putting the onus on someone else for your own actions. Um, so there's been, again, Instagram's been great. I've been going down huge holes. Um, and I will say, uh, I live for Bravo has been on fire with her Instagram stories. I actually like wrote her a thank you. I was like, these are great. Um, cause she republished texts between Leah and Michael Che. So I took some screenshots of them because it, it's wild. So, Michael Che from Saturday Night Live and Leah McSweeney matched on Raya. And the amount of times during this text exchange that Leah says that all men on Raya look gay. um, And she says that men these days are just confused with how to dress. There's a lot of strange hats going on. Um, And it's funny because Michael Che... I've also got some issues with, I mean, that's a whole other podcast, but 
in this, like, he's just like, yeah, I guess people make weird fashion choices. Like, it, it's not very, um, it's, it's, he's not taking the bait. He's not like, oh, he's not talking about masculinity or femininity as much as Leah is hyper focused on it. Um, so at one point, Michael Chase saying that he's really fat and there's like a go between about that. Um, Leah texts him multiple times um, at one point, but he, he doesn't respond and it's in December. I don't know what year this is, um, but like it looks like for a couple of weeks, she's texting with no reply. And then on December 29th, which is an interesting time of year to text somebody, um, just thinking about the timing, not like, how do you text somebody on December 29th? Of course, we're all sending texts, but like thinking about the time and seasonality of it, she says, you hate me because I'm white. But she says, you, letter U, and cause, C-U-S. Um, just felt like I needed to say that. Um, our conversations are, letter R, everything to me, by the way. Now, here's the thing. The BTW of your conversations are everything is hilarious because at this point, she's um, talk to herself for like three weeks on this text thread. And, um, she says, we have a lot of friends in common. And if any of them saw this, I'd be so ashamed, which is again, like, I think this has a lot to do with her, her feelings about herself. And I think that even this lawsuit that she has is more about her own demons than, the demons of production and Andy. And like, are there things that I think that we could go uh, like, we could definitely rip apart the whole industry of production because the hours are absolutely insane and they make you insane. Like it's true, but the fact that there's alcohol present, I don't think is something that is the problem unfortunately like i you know i i understand that it's a temptation especially for someone who has an issue um then she says uh and he, he responds to her saying like you hate me cuz i'm white like with what and then she says i like harassing you on text it's almost like pranking except i'm not anonymous and i'm ashamed of it do you even know what i look like and he was like yeah i saw your picture on raya or no, she's, he says, yeah, I've seen your pictures. And she's like, where? And he's like, the profile that you had. Like, that's how we started talking. And she goes, oh, yeah, are you still on that? And then she sends him another photo immediately. And he says that she asks if he um, fools around with white girls. He says, yes. Um, and then she says, okay, you're not gay. I get it getting a reaction out of you is hard, which is another interesting thing. So the reason why Michael Che put out all of these texts between them was because she had said that he was horrible and like went on a podcast and basically bashed him. And he was like, I'm sorry, you are the most erratic person I've ever talked to. Here's the proof. Um, and then he responds with saying, what reaction are you looking for? And she said, anything, interest, something. And um, she's upset that he didn't ask her any questions. It basically 
um, it ends with her asking if they're ever going to meet up. And he says very clearly, I don't want to meet up. You text really strange declarations looking for a reaction. I don't want to know what that's like in what the real life equivalent of that is. Which I read all that because I do think and I think I live for Bravo brought it up because let's let's not forget that like Leah has a hard time really regulating her emotions and her conversations and the way that she interacts with people. So I think that she takes a lot of things incorrectly. So do I think Andy Cohen offered her cocaine? Absolutely. Do I think that he was like, I don't love you if you don't do cocaine with me? No, he was high on cocaine. (laughs) Like, one thing I know about people who are on cocaine is they're extremely (laughs) self-centered. And I'm sorry to all those cocaine lovers out there that I'm offending. Um... So at the end of their exchange also, I, I thought that was the end, but there's there's more. I took all the screenshots of the screenshots, but um, she sends him the podcast that she went on shitting all over him. Uh, so that was wild. So all this to say, I just don't know if these do I think that there needs to be a change in television production and movie production overall? Absolutely. I think that there needs to be more change in the workforce in general of understanding that people need to sleep, understanding that people should spend time with their family, their friends, all of that. But do I think that these problems that are coming up in these lawsuits are the real issue? Not really. I I think that there's just... I mean, you look at the Love is Blind lawsuits, there was actual, like, and again, I'm sorry to trigger anybody, but there were rapes that occurred that that were, you know, looked over by production and allegedly, you know, like, those are such serious allegations. Being in a workplace where other people are drinking and making you feel as though you need to drink isn't something that I think is lawsuit worthy. I think it's just a situation that you should take yourself out of, not sue somebody because they wouldn't let you be a part of it and wouldn't cater to your needs. You know, like I have a problem with my foot. So like, I'm not great at walking. Unfortunately, I love walking long distances. I can't. So like, if I had a job that like was like, I don't know if I was a male person, I can't sue the U.S. post office to be like, how dare you make me walk when the whole job is walking, you know, and and somebody else brought up that like, was it Danny Pellegrino or was it the talk of shame has also been doing Kiki's been doing an amazing I say it like I know her, but her coverage of all of these legal documents and the back and forth of it has been excellent. And it might have been her who was like, Leah, this show has been on, like, it was on for like nine seasons before you joined. Like, it wasn't like you walked into this job interview blind. Even if you've never seen a show before, at this point, it was already in the zeitgeist of how Real Housewives were. There had been at least six or seven franchises by the time that you went on. So... It's not like, oh, this is a brand new job that I had no idea what I was walking into. You kind of knew and you 
when you walk into that job, you kind of accept what you're getting. So the next Ronin thing that happened is spawning off the Leah suit is that Leah made a statement about her suit. um, And it was, you know, I'm not even going to read it. And maybe you guys are like, you're being unfair to Leah. I will say, and probably when we go back and rewatch that season, I didn't hate Leah. I thought that Leah, especially on her very last season, was having a really difficult time. And just like Rinna, when she lost her mother, Leah was losing her grandmother. And I just don't think that's a great time to be at work. But I also understand your mentality of throwing yourself into work. After my mom passed away, I was at work the next week. And I was the person that was like doing all the arrangements. So I really had no downtime. Should I have taken it? Absolutely, I should have. But did I want to? No, I wanted to keep going. So thankfully, I wasn't on camera. (laughs) But Um, you know, you have the job you have and it's difficult. It's called work for a reason. Um, so I don't hate Leah when I'm saying any of this. I just think that Leah needs to, I I would, I hope for Leah self-reflection. And so she put up a post about it and Jenna Lyons liked it. And this coincided with her saying that she will never go back to Bravo and she is not going back for the next season of Roni, no matter what the rumors are. And I think I've said it before on here. It just upsets me. Jenna, you were a fashion darling that no one in mainstream knew until you went on Roni and you went on Roni to talk about your eyelash extensions and you probably made a lot of money. And then you're going to insult us by saying you would never do that again. Like I, I just, I think it's rude. I think it's insulting to the audience that helped make you more relevant. I think it's a slap to the face. I think, you know, I really enjoyed Jenna Lyons on the reboot. And I'm sorry that she is going to just turn around and take that opportunity and be mad at it. And I, I don't know, maybe there are some darkness and some really messed up things that occurred. But like, from what we saw, the worst thing that happened was that people were upset with her that she flew out first class early. So not really a big problem. Again, there are worse problems in this industry. So Jenna not coming back is another big thing. Um, And then... Uh, other housewives news is that Bronwyn, uh, <laughs> Bronwyn did, uh, do you remember her from Real Housewives of OC? This is like total pivot, but she put up a whole rant about how her husband was a narcissist and horrible and treated her horribly. Now, if you'll remember her husband, it seemed like was a very quiet man who was putting up with a lot, put up with a lot of, you know, big changes that Bronwyn went through during the filming of OC. You know, she stopped having children finally because she had had multiple, like, what did she have, like eight kids? And we found out that the only reason she was having kids was that was when the only time that she would stop drinking. So then she quit alcohol and um, decided that she wanted to be with women and left her marriage all things that are fine but it's from what we saw on television her husband seemed very supportive and they seemed to have a good co-parenting after everything that occurred even online we saw that 
Well, she's coming out saying that, like, his girlfriend is horrible and he's horrible and that there are years of things that we don't know about. And her children are coming out now and being like, you're lying. Stop. Stop making drama where there's no drama. So I think that's an interesting thing to bring up after all of this is that, like, there is a certain persona of woman that goes on these shows that likes the drama. And I don't think that's a bad thing, but I do think it's like, well, yeah, this is the person that's attracted to it. And there's going to be some repercussions, like somebody being upset that they got offered Coke at a work party, you know, just life. Um, I'm trying to think if there was any other Bravo news. Um, Let's see. I think I got... Uh, oh, Bryn Winfield also uh, went to the defense of... I mean, Bryn Whitfield uh, came to the defense of Andy. Uh, so that is another Rony thing. Um, and then one more transition to Vanderpump. This season has been getting a lot of flack. I... I just always enjoy watching these messy people's lives. I do feel like Ariana and Katie are very much over it. They're on their own show that about like a restaurant that's not opening. Uh, They don't seem to have a lot of connection to any of the cast. Um, And their LA aloofness is not really reading um, like, Ooh, we're having, a great conversation. It's like, just kind of like, Oh, we showed up. We're tired. We're here. Um, James Kennedy is doing great on the show. Although offline, we're hearing more and more about, uh, allegations of abuse. We know that he and Kristen had a very volatile relationship. We saw them slap each other. We know that, you know, there was the whole, um, Raquel, Rachel, her nose was hit. Um, and it was a bump, not a hit. But it definitely seemed cagey. And uh, two T's in a pod alleged that James had gotten into an altercation with Allie and they actually had to stop the car that they were in after some Bravo event to separate them. Allie has come out and said that's not true, but it's just tough because all of the women that are talking about it seem kind of like they're holding back something. Um, and, and, we do know that James has a very large temper. I think it's tough that it's coming out now because he's no longer drinking and he seems way more self-aware than ever. So I, I don't think that maybe if he had in the past, I don't believe that he would do it again, but it doesn't make it right that he did it before. Um, so that's a tough thing with Vanderpump this season. There is a redemption arc for Tom Sandoval that I'm not here for. Um, It's very interesting that before the Tahoe trip, supposedly, um, allegedly, according to Dumois, someone said in that uh, Tom Sandoval and LVP had a huge fight at Sir, and she called him like a liar and he was throwing allegations about how she ruined his life or something. And on the trip, they seem fine. And she even goes so far as to be like, James, say something nice about Tom. 
which is like that's a that's a tough tale um then we see that Graham is returned to James, which is also worrisome because of the whole alleged abuse thing that's going on with James. I hope that that dog is good. The dog is now called Hippie in memoriam of his um, George Michael, uh, his godfather's dog. So I thought that was sweet. It was nice. I mean, is this the most riveting season? No, I think there's sadness in the season because... Shishi, uh, Sheena, um, and Brock are fighting. And you just don't like to see that because we've seen Sheena look for love literally since the minute we met her. She just seemed like this hopeless romantic that, like, was, you know, fooled by Eddie Cipriani or whatever. Ciprian, Cipriani's the, the restaurant. Cyprian? Whatever. Brandy Lanville's first husband. Or maybe it was her second husband? I don't know. Brandy's husband. Um, so... To see Sheena and Brock not in a great place because of her OCD, because of her relationship with her mother, because of all of the goings on, I, I do feel it's just like a little bit of a sad moment the show's having. Um, I did get to meet Sheena. Uh, for those of you who are fans of Watch What Crappens, I was helping out on the Crappy Awards because I'm friends with Ron and Ben. Um, Ronnie and Ben. And that was one of the best nights ever. Uh, I, you know, like I said, I can't run around on my foot too much, but it was the best running around on my foot that I've had in a long time. I love production work and it was so cool. I got to uh, be the person that helped the talent get on the stage and I got to meet all of my like Bravo podcast idols. Danny Pellegrino is there. He is so beautiful, so kind. I got to see him interacting with Sheena. I got to meet Sheena. Sheena came with some of the nicest gay men that I've ever met. And, like, I don't know if he's gay, but he's one of the guys from the 97s. Like, these men were the kindest men in the entire world to me. Um, Sheena was also kind. They were so fun. Um, I just can't get over enough, like, how, like, fun and playful her energy is and how... She was just, you know, we were talking about who was going to be late, who was going to be there. Sheena was there on time, ready, you know, just down to do anything, came with ideas, came just so energized in such a, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed kind of way. It was just so cool to work with her. Um, Ryan Bailey from So Good It's Bad with Ryan Bailey. I know Danielle's guested on his podcast before. As soon as I, like, <laughs> I kept, like, dropping Danielle's name because a lot of them are friends with her. And uh, immediately Ryan Bailey was like, I got to follow you on Instagram. That's so cool. And so he was super kind, super funny. Um, the reality gays uh, sang and I got to sit through their tech rehearsal. Um, if you can find a, a link to the crappies, watch it because what a great time. It was just such an amazing show. I uh, um, so it, and it was just really cool to meet Sheena. There were other Bravo celebrities that were supposed to come that couldn't. Um, a lot of great video cameos. Um, Ariana left a great video because famously she actually had done the crappies like the day before the Tom Tom concert where she found Tom's phone and all of Scandal started. 
Um, and she says that the crappies are like literally one of her favorite things. If she wasn't doing Chicago, she would be there. So, um, highly recommend checking out some clips. Uh, Ronnie saying, uh, I'm just Tom in the tune of like the Ken song from the Barbie movie. And he just did a great job. He is such a musical theater guy. And like that performance really wowed me. Sorry, I took another coffee sip. All right, I'm 40 minutes in, <laughs> and I haven't talked about the Roni episode. There's just been so much Bravo gossip. Um, so I hope this was helpful to catch some of you guys up on Bravo Goss. I'm trying to think if there's any Bravo gossip that I missed. Um, Summer House is back. People sleeping in beds in the Hamptons. Seems like it's going to be a little bit more lively because... We're going to have, sadly, the breakup of um, Lindsay and Carl. I'm not a huge Summer House fan, as you know. That's more of Danielle's vibe, but I, I will watch it. I'm, I'm the Martha's Vineyard girl, and now I got Danielle to finally watch it, and she loves it, so that's exciting. Um, oh, Married to Medicine. You know what, guys? I think I'm just going to talk. <laughs> Bravo, because I'm 40 minutes in and I have to go to work soon. But I will say that Married to Medicine is so good this season. It's one of those shows that like you always put off, but when you start watching it, it's just so good. I mean, Phaedra's not even doing a lot. The main cast of this show is wild. And the fact that this show is getting a three-part um, reunion... When you know the ratings are not monumental, you know that there's just drama. It's so great. And I will say, watching Married to Madison reunions with Andy, Andy absolutely loves these women and gets so into it. It's just beautiful to watch. Because a lot of it, you know, like Beverly Hills, we see him like yawning. We see him just kind of being like, you know, Dorit it was shitty for you to say that I'm in my bubble. Like, what is going on? But with Married to Medicine, they literally save marriages. They save friendships. They save lives in some ways, you know? Like, so it's just, it's it's just such a really great Bravo show that I am, like, I will die in the hill that we all need to watch. <laughs> um because I do feel like there's two camps of like those who have watched Married to Medicine and fall in love with it and those who don't. And I tried to jump in in the middle. And honestly, it's worth starting from the beginning because there is so much history in this show. Um, so Married to Medicine, Phaedra's back on Atlanta. I cannot wait to see her back, especially now that she's left her husband I am happy that she's found her freedom. It sounded like she was really in love. It was a whirlwind um, romance. It sounded like she just met the wrong guy, maybe. This was some a former cast member's former husband or boyfriend. I don't remember. Portia got in with him. I don't even know this guy's name, really. I haven't been following it too closely, but it he is allegedly in some nefarious crime dealings and it seems like she didn't want to believe it. And then it came to light that it was something undeniable and she just up and outed and signed that 
Real Housewives of Atlanta contract and an overall deal with NBC contract. Very glad. Think she's going to get a lot of wonderful things. Big fan of Portia on this pod. Um, Traders, what a show. Man, tonight they're actually, I, I hope to release this today, but we're going to see what happens. I don't want to spoil any bit of Traders, so I will just say watch Traders. It's a great show. It's been such a great ride. Let me see if there's anything else. Oh, I guess I can leave you (laughs) with um, the Kyle of it all. I am not a Kyle fan. I try to give everyone grace and empathy, but I'm kind of at the end of my rope with her because she didn't give us any of her life this season. She gave us half stories, you know? If I walk into a room and I'm just like, things aren't going great, and then I don't tell you anything else, I didn't tell you anything. So it's like, she's just like, oh, things are tough. Things are hard. There was something that happened. The one thing that I am interested in, and again, I know nothing of these people. I know nothing of these lives. I am just spinning a yarn over here. But I'm surprised that no one's been like, is Mo on drugs? (laughs) Like, because Mo seems so much more detached than ever to reality, to his conversations. You know, we've always known him as kind of being a pothead. But I wonder if there was more drug use that occurred. Maybe he brought drugs into the home And I mean, yes, we know about the CBD dinner, we know, or the THC dinner, the weed dinner, like, weed's fine, weed's not a drug at this point. But I I do wonder if that's like, we're all like, it's cheating, it's cheating, it's cheating. I'm just surprised that no one's like, is there something else nefarious that he has done that could have occurred? I mean, I believe that Whatever Kathy said in Tahoe was what happened. I think that Kathy dropped a truth bomb about Mauricio that Kyle didn't know. And I won't say anything more about that. I will say go to Bravo and Cocktails to get more information because they have a lot of tea that's worth paying for on that situation. And... I don't even know. Should I? I, I'm not going to do the (laughs) recap because it's just, it's silly to do that. So I am going to leave you with, we will be back. We will be on our Roni. If it's not me and Danielle for the next couple of weeks, I'm going to try and get somebody else. If I don't get an episode out next week, it's not for lack of trying. We are... I have to go to New York next week for a couple of things. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to record. I'm going to try. going to try and get this on the back on track. If not, I would say by like mid to late March, we will be back on our like steady weekly pattern because that is our goal. Um, we appreciate everyone for listening. I appreciate you for listening to this like almost hour long of me drowning on. I'm not going to put ads on this because Lord knows you don't need to pay for 
me giving you Bravo gossip for an hour and giving you my like hyperventilating excitement (laughs) of the madness that is going on at Bravo. But I will say thank you so much for listening. We just appreciate all of it and we don't take it lightly and we do love doing this and we will be back. It's just been a Benoodles time of year and time of life for both of us. I mean, Danielle's got a baby. Danielle's got two books. If you haven't gotten them yet, great gifts for your Bravo lover fans. You don't even need to have a kid. It's a fun bookshelf, coffee table book. It's H is for Housewives and P is for Pumptini. I looked over both of the books before they went live and I just... You know, I'm the comedian on the podcast, and Danielle is far funnier in these books. They're just, they're so spot on. They're great. I couldn't be prouder of her. Check those books out at Amazon. They're in some local boutiques, too. So proud of her. And she'll be back, and I'll be back, and we'll be back on our schedule soon with our Roni rewatch. I'm sorry I teased that there was going to be a Roni rewatch uh, recap. I'll put it in the show notes that there wasn't. Um, but I appreciate you listening so very, very much. I hope you're having a beautiful day. I hope life gives you everything that you need and you want and best of luck for you this week and have a wonderful weekend and take care. All right. Bye.